Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I am so honored today because I have the lovely Mary with me, and she is the co-founder of Element Collective, as well as Element Collective Podcast. And in addition to that, she ha is one of the co-hosts of the Third Place Podcast. Such a wealth of knowledge and has done so many amazing things, but welcome, Mary, for coming on today. Oh, thank you. It's so good to be here. And now, I mean, we're not that far away. You're in Colorado now, so... It's so funny when you like, we end up connecting virtually, even though we get closer and closer sometimes. And we're like, well, it still gets harder to schedule. It does, right? And I'm so glad you are not too far from me. So we need to be in person. <laughs> we will. We will. <laughs> Setting the intention now. Absolutely. So Mary, could you just introduce yourself? And I know you've done so many amazing things, but just kind of give a little overview and then we'll dive right in. Sure. Yeah. I mean, my background is pretty eclectic for sure. I tend to uh, bridge two worlds. Usually the conventional and the unconventional has been the way that it's been. In the last couple of years, it's become very clear that the through strings are um, expertise in communication and emotions and really group facilitation. So I've been fortunate that my career started in uh, natural foods. And I got like an expedited path in the startup space to, I mean, at, when I was in my early twenties, I had 130 staff that I had hired and I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm about to learn a lot about people here. And then moving through to other startups and getting to merge my, immerse myself in all of these different spaces that were requiring you to kind of just learn as you go. I thrive in that environment. And it's brought me to the place now where when the pandemic hit, I definitely felt like I needed to, I had some piece of me that was unsatiated and I needed to do something with it. And hence starting podcasts and getting into that space and then creating the Element Collective for teenage girls. So it's interesting to have this, like there's lots of pieces to people. And I think that I've started to realize that we're a puzzle and how can we kind of make ourselves a whole being by addressing those different parts instead of trying to make it just be this one thing and bringing podcasting into my world and then also starting to work with teenage girls really started to make me feel the most whole for sure. And that's what really sparked my interest too of when I originally heard about um just everything you were doing in the community for teenage girls, especially because it's that foundational piece of really finding what's going on on the inside before it becomes mm -hmm. a problem as they get older or anything like that. Like I'm a huge advocate for that. So I definitely want to dive into that first. And then we're going to get to all the other stuff that you do as well. But what really sparked that? I know it, you were talking about the puzzle pieces and bringing everything together, yeah. but at yeah. least for the teenage girls, what sparked that for you? to be totally honest, my teenage years were pretty traumatizing for me. And, and, and I think one of the realizations 
for my co-founder Kylie Roswell and myself was that we were not alone in that. And actually we were also not abnormal for it feeling traumatizing. It's such a pivotal time in life. So I think the intensity of that period of life is what it is, let alone if you add any sort of major life experiences. For both of us, um, our parents, our mom um, went through breast cancer. And so at that time, I remember that being kind of the start of some of the strongest emotions I was feeling it, it, like to date was this anticipation and uncertainty of like, I don't really understand what's going to happen here. A lot of fear uh, on top of just being a really high performing teenager. Uh, I was in international baccalaureate program. So that's like, it's like college prep within high school and also doing national athletics at the same time. And so when that happened, that sort of started multiple life changes happening from there. My parents got divorced after 36 years. All four of my older siblings ended up leaving the house. Um, the last one left when I was in my early high school years. So I was experiencing a lot of abandonment too. I mean, everything that I knew to be my understanding of reality and truths kind of fell apart in those high school years. And so it was like, no, it seems like no, um, it seems obvious to me, I guess I should say that I developed an eating disorder at the time. And I started to have relationships that were not really healthy, very toxic, quite frankly. And I started my journey in those high school years, like with this obsession with understanding myself and creating a community around myself of healers and um, people that had expertise in their field. And I started to really understand what it meant to lead a holistic life. And that started with making connections with the right people and the right guides and the people and people that had that same innate curiosity and desire to form depth and understanding of themselves so that they could connect at a deeper level. So long story short, that ended up being one of the motivators for sure, because Kylie also really shared in the intensity of that time and has her own uh, things that she would share around that. But I felt like I felt underserved in my teenage years. And so to me, it became like, even though I'm a mom to a five-year-old boy, I knew that I was supposed to have like daughters is kind of this, the only way I can explain it. Mm -hmm. And while I'm, so I was like, I'm just going to create this community of, of daughters, like where I can create a mentorship and give resources to the younger me, like really it ends up being like, how can I give resources to the, to the younger me? And it's been unbelievable. I, I like, I'm so in awe of the mutual like growth that I think is happening in like the only short two years that we've been doing some of this stuff. It's truly making an impact. And that's what I think it's really about what I'm hearing as well. Just your story, your journey. And I know I've heard a little bit about it prior, but mm -hmm. really sharing with the viewers of your journey and just your experiences of how impactful certain situations in our lives can really transform what direction we go and having that community having that solid foundation so you can grow upon it because mm -hmm. a lot of times people experience things differently too it could be the same exact 
um, symptoms or experiences, but how we internalize Absolutely. it. So different. And just even being a former therapist, like just the experiences of hearing, because I loved working with my teen girls. Like I had a little group and it was just one of those most rewarding things because it did feel like I was that inner teen working with them. Yeah. And I'm sure just the experiences you've had, even though it's been two years, just the amount of work that has gone on within that mm -hmm. community and just really making a difference in these girls' lives. And I think it's absolutely necessary having that foundation because they might not have the resources. They might not know. The parents might not know because they weren't exposed to it or they've yep. never dealt with something like that. But yep. really bringing it home of understanding here is a safe place to come and can you explain a little bit more about the community, what it is? So if people are interested, they can know a little bit more. Yeah. So, you know, the community has evolved. It's interesting. I think as an entrepreneur, you start, uh, I was explaining this to someone the other day, you start kind of here, like maybe this is your core value and your pur purpose and your mission. And then as you start to bring people into the purpose and the mission, and you talk about it and you bring life to this thing, like one of my favorite books is, uh, what do you do with an idea? It's actually like sitting right here. It's really cool. It's this illustrated children's book and, and like how it like morphs and comes into form and you can, it's this beautiful personification of an idea. And it started here with this like heart space value. Um, you know, the teenage Mary intention, the teenage Kylie. And as we were breathing life into it, it was moving and it was going all over the all over the map and really over the last two years it's come back which is so so fascinating to me mm -hmm. so for a while there it started with we knew that we wanted to create connection right but the connection has what connection looks like has evolved so much in the last two years I mean the fact that we were talking about this during the pandemic at the time it was like okay we need to make connection in the digital space right we need to make sure that they have the resources when they don't have access and and we were going full bore into developing an app. And, and over the last six months, we have just been hearing more and more from the community that we've built. They want in person. And, and we're lucky that things are starting to support that. And, and it also really is aligned with that core value, that heart space where we started. Kylie and I shine in person. And we also feel like it was interesting to go down the path of like creating a tech company in order to also kind of combat a lot of the negative impacts of tech for teenagers. And so it was always this like fine line of how are we going to meet them where they're at and at the same time know that we're like feeding the beast a little bit. Like it was such a, such a um, dichotomy. So it feels really good that now the community as it stands is that we where it's inspired this by this theory called the five elements. So it's by, inspired by the five elements of nature. And we essentially incorporate in that into like a really playful, intentional way with workshops. So a lot of times, you know, there's a, an a, aspects of mindfulness and movement and connection to nature, dialogue, like just a wide array of really interactive, easy, connective tools where they get to drop in, connect with themselves first and foremost, because the teenagers are so external and then connect with others, right? To walk away with some of those things where they feel like they have the resourcing um, that may not 
resonate as strong in their teenage years. But like, can you imagine, like you said, if you had that foundation where you could access that resourcing that you even had um, exposure to at those years, like that's pretty much what keeps us going. So it's mostly in this workshop setting that we've been connecting, but we also have um, six interns or mentees that we've worked with throughout the entire process. So they've been brought into building the business, building the podcast, um, being our teen advisory board, like, and that's ebbed and flowed, but we always have this like one-on-one personal connection. And then we also get to have these small workshops that we're placing throughout the year. I'm so excited to see that like evolve even more than it already has because I do think like just having those workshops, having that in person, it does make a difference, but being able to pivot during the pandemic, even though it started kind of during the pandemic, but being able to merge that because like what you were saying too with the tech aspect with social media and just how that can really shift a mindset or what people are exposed to so many times a day. And now with like TikTok and I mean, Instagram has been there for a while, but TikTok has really grown, especially during the pandemic as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. And other factors. How has that played a part of managing that? Because I, I feel like that would be a little bit challenging with what's already out there and how you like kind of contain that. Yeah. You know what? When working with uh, teenagers in general, one of the biggest challenges, to be completely honest, is to motivate them. And so gamification has been like a big piece of, you'll hear it all the time. And we started to get really, really into and learned a lot about how to gamify mental health, essentially. I mean, like what it comes down to is we're talking about mental health and getting needs met, right? And belonging. And and for us, it got to a point where we're like, you know what? We can still gamify this, but we can do it in person. And I think that one of the most important things for us too is to actually embody that we can be two females in leadership starting a company that our like co-partnership is one of the most important things for us to model to them. Um, And a part of that too is being able to be fluid. Like feminine leadership is about being receptive, pivoting. Like it's, it's less of like, you know, you get to a point, I think sometimes like when we were developing the app, I have to make this happen. I'm going to make this happen. I'll do whatever it takes to make this happen. And instead, it feels more like, no, we will receive or we will go with the flow of where we're supposed to go. And that shift really is huge for us because it feels like that's an element approach. That's an element collective approach compared to us starting back to that like visual of like this rat race, us starting to more so take in too much and then shift ourselves based on what we were, what the inputs were instead of going back to like revisiting your core intention every single minute and it's not it's not easy by any means and there's a lot I can't tell you how many conversations Kylie and I have had where we're like are we tripping right now because have we gone anywhere or nowhere at all and at the same time one of the things that we really do is like celebrate exactly where we are in the moment And that's a huge piece of what our teenage self needed. Like it's less about the seeking and trying to become something like you already are this perfect core of the onion being. So let's like, let's celebrate that and like focus on exactly this moment and what we've done and how can we, how can we like totally immerse ourselves into the now? 
Oh my gosh, I'm like feeling all of what you just said <laughs> because it's so true. Like, I mean, when you think of just women empowerment, right? And being able yeah. to model that to teenage girls of it is about empowering and inspiring one another versus competition or just what's yes. out there. So I'm so glad you are saying this and you and Kylie are an example of that, of understanding what each other needs and being able to move the mission forward every single day. But I also want to touch on the fact that you said celebrating those wins because yeah. we don't do that enough. We're no. always like, what's next? Or what do I need to do? Or this wasn't good mm -hmm. enough. But being mm -hmm. able to, again, do that for yourselves, do that as a team and showing that and modeling that to those girls so they can see that as an example of female leaders in this world. And we need more of that. And yeah. I'm just like, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for, you know, echoing it because a lot of times we feel like we're rebels, right? I mean, we're totally like rebelling against a certain way of doing work. And a lot of, you know, my day job and Kylie's day job is a lot uh, in a different rhythm and in a different pace. But the whole point of like being inspired by the elements is to be in cycle, is to be in rhythm. So we need to model that harmony. And a lot of times harmony looks like feeling completely on one side of the pendulum. But being able to witness that, talk about it and let it be what it is, is like a huge, huge part of it. And, you know, I'm, I also feel really proud that like, we've started to just measure abundance differently. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of times like measuring abundance has been, you think of abundance as money in the bank or revenue. And we're, we're essentially like, we're basically a nonprofit organization without being a nonprofit at this stage. And we want it to be something that we can sustain. And so for us, it's about measuring abundance in the energy that we receive and the joy and the play that we receive in the experience rather than, okay, we're going to make X amount of dollars. Um, and I mean, I can't tell you how many of my like advisors and mentors are like, if they watch this, they're going to be like, okay, you also need to do the quantitative <laughs> And I will, like I said, back to the bridging too, I think in both worlds, but I, right now I'm really grateful to be in the world where we're like, this is 100% to be intentional. And if we create that foundation and it stays at the core, then it'll, it'll stay with us. Right. So these, these early stage times, I think are really, really important. Just like your teenage years. I mean, it's like, clearly there's a theme. <laughs> Full circle. And Full yeah. circle. Going back to what you said about just understanding the abundance and the joy and the work and the mission of what yeah. you're doing and what you are trying to accomplish versus the money. The money will come. And as an entrepreneur too, like, because I'm like, you've built so many businesses in the past, but what has kind of driven you mo like focusing on the mission versus the money? You know, so this is the first, the podcasting and Element Collective are the first endeavors where it was like my baby, right? So the, but I do believe that there's many of us that have entrepreneurial spirits that are supporting other people's endeavors and that, that like, there's the same heartbeat behind that. Absolutely. What's kept me sort of into the mission and, and able to be centered or like grounded in that. I think that's a really good question. A lot of times I get asked like, you know, why I do what I do or why that is the way that it is. And I just think that I'm a collective thinker for better, or for worse. I mean, in, in like my personal life, sometimes that can look like codependency. Right. And then, and, and like, 
Uh, and like being um, maybe too same, that teenage self, like external thinking. So it, it, it can be, but at the same time, it can be a motivator because I'm a total idealist, like I, a romantic, like I, I believe, um, I believe that they're, that everyone's just innately good and that we have also, our bodies are innately intelligent. And so those two things, I'm like, I just, I just, that's just the way I am. Um, and I love it because I, I've only had a few moments where I've felt a sense of jadedness in the last couple of years, just in general. Mm-hmm. And and I was able to just recognize that and then let it go. I prefer this like beginner's mind mentality, this, um, this blank slate, like curiosity where we like don't know that much. And we also already know a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And I'm curious because I know you've helped a lot of startups grow. And what was that um, deciding factor to start yours, your babies? So, um, I think that a big piece of it was again, sort of that like untapped energy that I was like, what am I going to do with this here? I have something that is, you know, I mean, I needed to transfer it. So very much like workaholic tendencies with the other, um, startups that I've supported and all because I believed and wanted to be an extension of everything that they were doing. And so no, no like guilt or shame or sadness around any of that. Like I just loved, loved, loved it. And then I started to realize, okay, how can I like, how can I make this fire um, work towards something that is really going to like also complete the cycle again, where it's like fueling me too. And it just, when, so in 2020, end of March, 2020, I lost my dad unexpectedly. And he, one of the big things that he, that I felt like I, that hit me was that he had been working his butt off until he retired one year prior to passing, right? Totally, completely out of the blue. And I think that that was a big moment for me where I knew that I wanted to not do it that way, but it's also like I was redefining what work meant to me. So, um, took a huge pay cut in regards to dropped my biggest client and decided to focus in on starting to focus on my own health. And a lot of my own health is really like synergistic with how I get to serve in the world. So, it's interesting to like, think of like how giving is the same thing as receiving, but that was a lot of the awareness for me, um, was just my dad's passing. Mm -hmm. And it was like, obviously coupled with a number of things, um, at that time, just with the pandemic, I had just recovered from a traumatic brain injury. I only had a three, three three-year-old at the time. So it felt like it was, uh, I like to say it's like, the universe was pinching me and I was like, okay, I'm listening now. Right. Like I'm going to, before the pinches become something more catastrophic, I was, I was ready to, to listen. Well, I'm glad you listened because look what you've created. And once you did start listening to the universe, what was those initial steps of starting? Because I think that's what a lot of people don't realize what it takes or what, where to start. 
Yeah, I think for me, it's a lot about uh, you start just telling anyone that will listen. And, and a lot, and cause I'm such an extrovert and I'm such an external processor that, that, that exercise in itself helped me gain clarity. Right. Mm-hmm. Also it, a big piece of it was breathing life into it was bringing in my co-founder Kylie, right? Like at the time the, it was, we had been talking about a few other ideas together, but then it became very clear the, the teenage mission and, and bringing her into it was a huge, a huge piece of the puzzle too. So that, and then, um, and then starting to talk to your customers, right? Like bring them into the process. That was not as easy upfront for us because it's not like we were coming from education background with teens or having like worked in the nonprofit space with them. Like we were just basically starting from scratch in that arena. And so I was tapping into more of the mom community to then get to the teen community and start to build the rapport there. But just like tons of, it was like, you think about interviewing and asking questions, like ask as many questions as possible when you have 30 seconds with a teenager, because a lot of times that's all you have. And, <laughs> and, um, and then at the same time, recognizing where our gaps were and and identifying and building a board of advisors. And so we were really fortunate to build like a board of advisors within only a few months because they really understood the need and our passion and wanted to be a part of it. So it's, I mean, I could probably tell you 12 more things because it's like you're doing all of it at the same time. But those things were were probably where I focused the majority of my energy. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There's so many different moving parts with everything, especially when you're dealing with teens too. You have that like little window to get everything answered that you yes. need. But what kept you sane essentially during that process? Oh, what kept me sane? My son, for sure. Mm-hmm. He's the coolest. He's so sweet and so fun. He's five now, so he's getting a little bit more complicated. But for the most part at the time, it was less complicated. Um, and, and you know, to be honest, like a lot of the process of even evolving what element will be and is right now is me focusing in that same feminine energy is like, I got to be a really, really present mom. And I've had a lot of moments where I felt like I was not present because I was so passionate about these things. So, so that was a big piece of it. Um, for me also meditation is huge. I meditate every single morning, mostly with, with guided meditation, even if it's like five minutes, um, I'm grateful for it. And being that I went to a contemplative Buddhist, uh, school. So that's where I ended up graduating from. Like, it's really nice to be coming back to meditation in the last few years because we hit it so hard where we were sitting, uh, for 20 minutes before and after each core class. And so it was like, I had a lot of burnout from it. So it's nice to, in the last few years, be like finding my own practice and also having a big piece of what we do for element is like, what are, there's 50 practices. There's so many practices. So how can you, depending on all of these feelings and the experience and the environment at the time, choose which one so that you can keep up with it. So it doesn't have to just be this or that. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I have a variety to pull from. So that's definitely been another 
thing. And then getting outside. I'm definitely a Colorado girl through and through. So I got to spend out time outside and I know it if I don't. It, it's telling in how little I sleep or how I can't catch my breath, right? Like it's those two things are, um, again, pinches will remind me that I have not spent enough time outside. Well, I'm right there with you. So we need to go hiking <laughs> once it gets a little bit cool or warmer. <laughs> less wind, less yes, wind. Please. My gosh. It's very windy today. I almost got yes. knocked over. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, you did? Yeah. I'm like, I told my friend the other day, I was like, I'm trying to embrace the wind, like, because just like you do a negative emotion, right? It's like yeah. wind has a purpose too. And I was like, but I'm not embracing it. I'm over it. <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I hear you. I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm trying to embrace it. Um, so I'm curious because I know your son is five. How have you integrated both work and life and motherhood and everything on your plate? How has that really worked for you last year, last few months? What yeah. does that look like? Yeah. So it goes back to like that measuring abundance thing. I started to really realize that a healthy, a healthy mom is a is a happier mom. And I, he starts to, a lot of times with kids, they really show you what you're experiencing inside. There's such little mirrors, right? So, so even just seeing how our, like, if we ever had little communication breakdowns, me recognizing, oh, I actually wasn't really like here. I was on my phone or I was checking an email or I was thinking about something, creating something. Um, so it's been a lot of just awareness practices for me and, and then focusing on slowing down, slowing down for me is, is still very fast paced. And, uh, it's, I started with like, my mom tasked me with staring at a wall, um, because, <laughs> and then I had some other person ask me like, when do you stop? And when you have also a sleep disorder, it's like, oh, I'm, I can't even say sleep is when I stop. So those were two moments where I was like, if it's hard for me to stare at a wall for like 30 seconds and it's, and I'm not sleeping, like I used to be proud of that. I didn't stop. I used to be proud of this like intensity that I brought. Mm -hmm. And, and then you realize your, your child can mirror some of that intensity. And you're like, you know what? Like I want to mirror like what feels peace giving and groundedness and a sense of joy and calm. So he's been a huge, a huge, like, I don't know, I guess it's an, it's just been a gift really is the word that comes up. And so it looks like a lot of time blocking logistically. Uh, I started this thing in the fall where the second that I schedule something, I immediately put in my calendar 30 seconds uh, uh, that is titled breathe. And, and so I do that on either end because typically things go, you know, start, you start to prepare for things prior anyways, um, and then things roll over. And so that's been really, really intentional and helpful for me because I also learned in the last few years that I'm HSP. And I think that a lot of people don't know it's a highly sensitive person. Um, and, you know, essentially that my senses are in my amygdala, like everything is like high activated. And so that awareness has really started to help me set better boundaries and protect myself, even with screen time phone time, getting outside, like I said, is, is so crucial. Making sure I'm drinking water. Like it really whittles down to like some of the most basic needs for me to be able to sustain. And, 
And then the last thing I think really that's important for me is that I've been gotten better at asking discerning questions so that I know where to put my energy, whether it's a friendship or a work opportunity or someone that even wants to support Element Collective, like getting better at uh, being asking discerning questions so that I can connect with my intuition and make sure that we're calling in the right community is is another tangible, super helpful thing for me to balance the two. No, it's definitely crucial being able to use that intuitive aspect of ourselves of like who is right for the business. And I think a lot of people don't really use that or understand, or maybe they do, and it's just not really using it to the capabilities that they could. But I do think it's very crucial of having that right community, especially around teen girls as well. Mm -hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. It's vital. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, you like in the beginning, you just talk to anyone that will listen. Right. So it's that it's a natural evolution in every business I've been in where you're like, yes, mode, like anyone, anyone, anyone. And then you start to be like, okay, you're, you're more of our, our family. You're more of our, like, um, you get it. And we, and so that like, I, I've just seen where at first you're even in like the sales world, you're like, you're taking every sale. And then you get to a point where you're like, this is our ideal customer. This is our ideal client. So it just feels like the evolution of a a person in general, like personifying a business. You're like, well, you start to gain more awareness. So then you can ask better questions and then you can make better decisions that, that serve your, your core being and that North star you're going towards. Exactly. And that North Star, it's really understanding that first initial step. It's kind of like a funnel. You just really are able to weed out things that aren't really aligning with the mission and not to say good or bad. It's just what aligns. And that's what I think every business owner and like if you're selling something too, in any capacity as an entrepreneur, as a person, you are Mm -hmm. learning who's right for me, even in relationships, who's right for me, friendships, everything. You learn as you go, as long as you're open to that awareness as well. Yeah, you have to be receptive and humble. That's for sure. Like the the humility, I think, is a is a big piece of it too. And it's just so like, yeah, you you learn as you go, right? And I mean, we all we all say that and talk about it, but it's it's really important to be able to like have humility so that you can continue to learn so that you can sustain and you don't get stifled by the guilt or the shame or the, you know, lack of self-awareness. Absolutely. And I know I have one more question before we get into the rapid fire, because I could sit here and talk to you for hours, (laughs) Um, but can you tell us more about third place podcast as well? Yeah. So that was the, that was my like door into or step into what a, however the saying is into podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, my co-host and I and co-producer and I, we met in the beverage space. So the third place is typically like not your work, not your home, but this third place that community connects. There's conver- uh, an ability to have conversation. There's an element of safety. And we were like, well, you know, now that it's the pandemic, how do we create a third place in this digital world? So the podcast world felt like a natural process for us to go through. Plus we're both extroverted. So we are like, let's just like selfishly, we just want to talk about things and process things and, um, and share people's stories. And then we really realized that we wanted to take this third place uh, idea into more of a mentality. So especially in 2020, it started to become very obvious that there was a lot of dichotomy, dichotomy, this, this or that dualism. And we were like, what's this 
in between, not this or that, but this third place that we can approach uh, the world and relationships and even like our sense of self. So having some of that generous perspective when we are uncertain and so much is uncertain instead of living on the edges, what's in between. So we started to approach this by saying, okay, let's bring this third place mentality to essentially awkward conversations because we felt like uncomfortable, awkward conversations were the best, greatest opportunity for us to exercise that. And so we've talked about everything from like basic needs to a lot of heavier topics like grief and suicide and, and loss in many, many forms, um, as well as lighter things. Like one of my buddies who has a podcast called, I'm kind of a big deal. He's a dwarf and we got to ask him all the questions so that we can engage more and not make it so that the person that is more in a marginalized community has to show up in a certain way to educate you how can you how can you start to just come with a certain essence of leaning into this third place mentality so it's been fun it's been amazing like we just ended up being that we also started teaching uh college students that were trying to make their music degrees put to work outside of college and so we've gotten to bring more clients into helping them share their podcasting world and it's been really, really cool. But with the second that you say that you're like welcome conflict and uncomfortable conversations, I've had more than I ever thought that I would. Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> like my husband, he's like, you have a podcast all about, you know, uncomfortable conversations. This should be no problem. And I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> yeah. No, that's very powerful because there are questions that aren't being asked and being able to have a safe space to talk about those, yes. I think is so instrumental of just gaining awareness, gaining understanding of different people, different kinds of walks of life and just understanding the depth of it and not screwing around it versus going right into it. Yeah, well put. I couldn't have said it better. I'm sure you could. <laughs> um, but we're going to get right into the rapid fire. But I've been loving this conversation so much. Thank you so, so much. much. This was so there. fun. <laughs> um, so are you ready for these? I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> Who is your hero? Absolutely my son. And um, I guess it's so hard. You're supposed to just say one, right? I can't, I'm not going to say one. I That's mean, not how I have one, you can. <laughs> um, well, I also, I have what's called the women of my life and it's my two sisters and my mom we're called Womel, So those, those come up right away for sure. Oh, I love, I love it. Yeah. Women empowerment all around. Yes. Of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Um, what motivates you to work hard or just work smarter? Mm. Connection, just creating connection to myself and to others. Yeah. Connection, community, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you were a superhero, what power powers would you have? Oh, I want to fly. I definitely want to <laughs> fly. And um, I mean, this may come as no shock, but like if I could like totally manipulate the elements and like work with the elements, oh, for you sure. Never, you would know. <laughs> I would know everything. I mean, if I could fly and do that. Oh, and then also if I could heal. Mm, I like that one. I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah. To be a healer for sure. Mm, I love it. Well, you're healing 
all those teen girls. <laughs> You're creating that community. One can only feel. hope. <laughs> You're making that start, that initial yeah. start. <laughs> so if you could share a meal with four individuals, living or dead, who would they be? Ooh, dang, that's hard. Four? Four. Um, my dad, for sure, because he's he's since moved on. Um I would love to share anyone that's gone to space. I don't know if I know who, but like has gone into space, an astronaut of some variety. That would be sweet. Uh, oh, what's her name? Um, Sacagawea. Mm. She, so I did a report on her when I was in elementary school. She's one of the first in the Native American community to, yeah, was, was really pivotal in that space. So I just remember her. Oh, and then, um, cause I, I remember you writing this and I wrote this down. Brandy Carlisle. I love Brandy Carlisle. Yes. <laughs> I love her. I hope she sees this. <laughs> maybe she will. Hopefully. Yeah, maybe she will. Maybe she will. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Hopefully she can notify you. Tagger. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> she can be on your podcast. <laughs> I just want her to sing. I want her to talk to the teens, all of it. Yeah. Oh, that would be very powerful for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what is the most daring thing you've ever done? Become a mom. Mm. One hundo. Yeah. It seems very daring. I'm not a mom yet, but <laughs> it seems daring enough. <laughs> it's daring. What is the phone app that you use the most? You know, I've been listening to this book, How to Break Up with Your Phone. So I've been, I've gotten rid of, I got rid of all of my social media apps on my phone and everything. So I'm only like on desktop to do it. So that was the first thing that came up, but I still have a habit, even though it's only ends up being once a day, mm-hmm. almost every morning I check the CoStar app. The do you know that app? app? No. It's an astrology app and they literally like a one liner about sort of you and your astrology and I eat it up I don't know why but it's like that's part of my like routine messenger for sure though too I mean if that's an app like I'm I text a lot yeah that's definitely an app but the mm-hmm. co-star it's called co-star right co-star I mean I love astrology so I'm definitely gonna oh it's out. so fun I mean the Chani app is like next level my favorite especially when we were developing an app like we got really into some of them and Chani is unbelievable but CoStar is like a quick like five seconds you're like oh that resonates or hmm, and then you move on <laughs> I'm gonna check it out that's interesting it's just that quick little like message that you need maybe yeah I love it it's a total habit now it's a good habit to have. I agree. So I know you mentioned a few books, but what is the last book that you've read? The Well, so I'm reading Normal People right now, which is like the first time I've been reading a fiction book for a long time. So that's says a lot about the evolution for me. And then also I just, in the last couple of years, I've read this book three times, which is telling. It's called The Language of Emotions by oh. Carla McLaren. She came onto our podcast, but my mom discovered her when she was a hospice social worker back when I was in early college years. Mm-hmm. And I like, when you start to really talk about and learn about emotions, like it just gets, 
you start to realize how much you don't know. And then you, it's like, I love the lens of emotions. So that's by far one of my favorite books of all time. It's a phenomenal book. I've actually read it. Yay! Uh, yeah. I need to reread that one, but it is. Phenomenal. Yeah. It's a rereader. It's a, clearly three times in the last couple of years. Yeah. It's good. I'm getting recommendations, but I'm also getting triggered of like, oh, I need to reread that one. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that's very helpful. Yes. <laughs> um. So if you were to have a movie about your life thus far, who would play you? Oh man. Um, have you seen serendipity? Yes. What's her name? Uh, the main actress. Yes. Oh, Kate Beckinsale. Yes. Kate Beckinsale. Mm -hmm. I love her. I love her. I think that it's like, when I think about someone that, I mean, if I look like her a little bit, I'd be super stoked too. Uh, but then I also, um, stepmom, what's her name too oh my gosh I'm so horrible with no I love Julia Roberts maybe I should say her I was actually thinking of uh Susan Sarandon yes yeah yeah (laughs) she's got like high cheekbones she's always looked like my mom but like that I just think that she's she's brilliant so look I like two different people see I don't I don't ever just say one thing I have to bridge both (laughs) it's good you're looking outside the box it's not just one dimensional there you go And Thank a lot of people you. give multiple answers. I think these send are me those answers. reminders every so often, will you? <laughs> I'd be glad to put it in my phone section, <laughs> in my notes section. <laughs> um, so what is your favorite family recipe if you have one? My mom every Christmas makes a beef tenderloin, like a dry rub beef tenderloin with cornichon sauce. Like that's like, look, my mouth just watered. I literally was like. <laughs> um that's my favorite and but it's like I actually haven't made it myself um it's more of like this treat I think it's probably like an exchange from like mommy you know mommy daughter mode too that's why it's so special that's beautiful I love when there's like meaning behind it too (laughs) as I'm talking about I'm like I look I'm gonna say a second thing I love matzo ball soup too I know. I'm actually going to be making some for Passover. Oh, yes. <laughs> so do if you want float? some, I can make yeah. extra. <laughs> do, your, do your balls float? They do. <laughs> They're really good. <laughs> one of the, one of the celebrity, we interviewed a celebrity chef on the third place and we were talking all about like, you know, the density of matzo balls, which was amazing. <laughs> It's true. Like, I mean, I just started making them a few years ago, but apparently they're really good. So I'm going to Yeah, <laughs> good for you. I'll come over. There we yes, go. I'm coming. <laughs> um, just a couple more questions. So if you had to describe yourself as an animal, personality-wise, what animal would it be? So funny, my my parents gave us each like an animal archetype when we were younger, and I was the horse. Um and horses are actually pretty like social beings. So I think that that makes sense. Uh, I, I rode them some, like we had some on our farm, but I'll just go with that since that was my archetype. All right. I'll, I'll take it. Cool. One and done. <laughs> I did it. See, <laughs> I'm um, capable. <laughs> you absolutely are. Um, what is, so if you're having just a rough day, what's something that instantly makes your day better? Tea. Hmm. I spent, I've spent 
a lot of my life working in and with tea. Tea is my ceremony throughout many moments of the day. Yeah. Tea is good. It's very soothing. Mm -hmm. So what is your favorite way to spend a day off? So if you don't have to do anything, you can do whatever you want. What does that look like? It would probably look like um, having some time in the morning to myself, like ideally with some sort of mindfulness, be it like yoga, walk, meditate, um, breathe. <laughs> and then, and then I love like my kid and I, we like same thing, spending time outside. He's already skiing and mountain biking. So those are like two of the big things that we like to do together as a family. And then for sure, having family or friend time, and then probably going to bed early and like watching a show or a movie or something like I'm I'm all about like early to rise early to bed I think that's good for the soul <laughs> um, <laughs> and what's something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry oh man the first thing that came up is just in like the uh yeah, which industry was the first thing that came up. But like in the podcasting space, it takes so much time to produce one episode. Um, like when we did the math, it's usually anywhere from like five to 10 hours per episode. So that's something I think is, is fascinating for sure. It's important for people to know. There's mm -hmm. a lot of work that goes behind the scenes that not everyone yes. realizes. yes. Absolutely. absolutely true. So I have one very final question for you. Where can people find you? Oh, this is the hardest question yet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you can connect with me personally, mary at elementcollective.com. It's E-L-L-E -L -L -E, um, for the Element Collective. We also have our website, elementcollective.com. And then, um, oh, I guess I it's mary at element. Yeah, no, I said that right. Cool. And, and then other than that, like the, in your element podcast is so fun with the teenage, uh, host. She's been, I've been working with her for over a year now. She did Ted talk when she's 12. Now she's whopping 16 and our music is, was produced by a 13 year old. She's now 14. And it's like really fun to bring all of them into this experience. And then of course the third place podcast on anywhere that you that you're checking things out. So any one of those places, you will find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mary, for being so transparent, sharing your story and where you got to today of the elements of everything that you've done. Um, but really, truly, we appreciate it. And just having you share your story has been so eye-opening and I hope others will experience the same thing I did listening again to your story. But for some people hearing it for the first time, we really appreciate it. And thank you again for being on here today. Well, thank you to you too for creating a space to be able to share. And, you know, as someone that asks people a lot of questions, it's fun to be, to flip the script and to be asked questions. So thank you for, for doing what you're doing too. I just adore you. You're so cool. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> um, but thank you again, Mary. And everyone make sure to like, subscribe and comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Mary? What are you looking forward to when you check out all her links and everything that will be below um, so you can connect with her. And if you have any other questions, write them in the comment section so she can answer them too. Um, and we will see you on the next video.